What if, with the right mindset, anything is possible? Join us now and find out how. It's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka is here to inspire you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, Marla is here to inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power with the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, she'll share heartwarming stories, teach you tips and tricks to building a successful business, plus how to unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset. And now, here's your host, Marla Tabaka. And hey, everybody, how is your week going so far? Does it seem like it's just another week and, and you're going along just fine, things are going well, or do you feel like you're struggling? Now, if you feel like you're struggling in the odds, against the odds, rather, in business and life, then this is going to be a good show for you, especially you entrepreneurs out there. Hopefully, you'll learn some things today that'll help to give you a different perspective. You know, some of the most amazing entrepreneurial success stories I've heard have come from people who are facing really difficult odds. A 19-year-old who set out to get $2 million in funding from VCs is not a likely candidate, right, at 19. But you know what? He did it. And at 22, he's continuing to raise money, not just for him, but for other startups as well. Amazing. Who'd have thunk that those VCs would take a 19-year-old kid seriously? Well, this boy is amazing, I'll tell you. And how about the stay-at-home mom of three who, who virtually had, she had no capital, actually, and she aimed to get her product to market and make millions. Well, that was certainly against the odds, right? But she's done it. And then there's the young Canadian man who came to the United States to build a real estate empire with a whopping $450 in his pocket. He's worth millions today at the age of 37. Now, not only did he beat the odds because he was young, he had very little experience, he was from another country, he had no money whatsoever, but he struck the deal of a lifetime during the economic downturn and while facing a life-threatening illness and experienced a total loss, albeit temporary, a total loss of voice during a high-risk surgery. It took him nearly a year to gain his voice back through a lot of work and a lot of physical therapy, but he's worth millions and millions of dollars today and, again, at such a young age. So now I ask, think about the things that hold you back and consider what your odds are. Do you feel like the odds are against you and that they're as great as the 19-year-olds out there and the moms with little time and less money and the young people who become millionaires during a time when they, you know, didn't even know that they would live to enjoy it? I mean, that man had no idea if he would live to enjoy his money, but he did it anyway. As a coach, I help entrepreneurs through the issues that keep them from their dreams, right? I mean, that's the number one thing. 
we have to look at the entrepreneur first. And I tell anyone who comes into coaching with me that it's not going to be all about their business and that they need to be willing to talk about them, their belief systems, the the things that hold them back, the things that keep them up at night, the things they worry about, the things they dream about. All of these things are so important to address at, in coaching. And most of the people who come to me are really driven, passionate, even unstoppable human beings. We all have our own perceived limitations, though, and it's important not to let your problems define you. And that's one of the things that coaching is about, learning how not to let you know a lack of money or an illness or... Uh, Whatever, whatever problem you think you have, lack of spousal support, whatever it is, don't let that problem define you. As an entrepreneur, you need to continue to grow. When you stop growing, your business is going to stop growing, okay? You need to grow as a person. You need to grow spiritually, as a leader, as an entrepreneur, as a partner, a mom, dad, athlete, any other way that's important to you. You need to grow. And the first tip of the day is that in order to continue to grow, you know, things like um, conventions and workshops and expos and all those things are really, really important. And, and of course, reading. Every successful person I've ever met is, is a reader and, and they just can't get enough of books from other leaders who have, have done it, who have been there and are there and have reached the top and, and they learn how and why and they see these authors as virtual mentors and they just can't get enough. And networking, networking at these events is important. Now, depending on what kind of a business you have, I'm not necessarily talking about the little, you know, local networking events, okay? We're talking about industry um, expos and, and things like that as well. Other people in business, hang out with people who have businesses that are on par with yours or better, okay, or bigger, you know, you can't run with the giants and stay small, right? I mean, that's that's an old saying. We all we've all heard it. You can't run with the giants and stay small. Hang around successful people. You've got to continue to continue to to learn and meet new people. Okay, that is the million dollar mindset tip number one for the day. Okay, looking at the second thing, these are all things that I see these successful people who have beaten the odds, these are all things that I see them doing, all things that they become good at. Now, as we go through these things, don't feel deterred if you're not, if, if you don't consider yourself as being good at these things. I'm not a great networker. But you know what? <laughs> people learn. People learn to do these things. And I'll tell you what, probably 50% or more, I'd say probably upwards of 75% of people at different events, they don't like to network. You know, I don't think that it's, it's a natural gift. I really don't, to all of us anyway. I should turn, turn that around and say it is a natural gift and not all of us have it. Okay, so people have to learn to network. People have to learn to break out of their shell. And you're no exception. If you don't like to network, if you don't like to get out there and talk to new people, 
and learn about other people, well, then you you can learn, and it's important. And one of the tips I would have for you there is that if you make it about them instead of about you, it's much more beneficial to both parties. They're going to turn around and genuinely want to know more about you. Your turn will come. But make it about helping the people that you meet, and networking will be a lot more fun and a lot more beneficial. So here's, here's the next thing. Always look at the big picture and plan ahead. Okay. A lot of times people get into business out of necessity or it just kind of happens um, you know, an accountant starts, for instance, taking side clients while he or she is working at a larger firm and then realize, wow, you know, getting these clients isn't so hard. I think I'll quit my job and, and just, you know, be my own, my own business. Okay. Well, it's important to really look at the big picture and plan ahead. Keep your eye on the pulse of the economy and your industry. Try to sit down at least twice a year and research what may be coming down the pike that, that may affect your industry. You know, what's going to change in your industry? What can, how can you stay ahead of that change? What do you see coming around the corner? Look for indicators in the big picture that could trickle down into what you're doing, whether it's, it's something that is a very obvious opportunity or it's something that you might see as a negative. Always take a look at, at what's coming down for you. So I can give you an example of, of someone who was able to do that very, very effectively. One of my clients who was a, uh, and still is, a real estate attorney, okay? And, you know, the, the the market crashed in the U.S. here a number of years ago. What was that? I don't know, five years ago now? I, I haven't kept track. But the market took just a, a, a nosedive. And she came into her coaching session saying, you know, this is happening. I see this happening. I'm losing clients. They're, I'm losing prospects. They're not coming the way they used to. And she was still able to support herself and her employees, but we looked ahead. We say, okay, this isn't going to get a lot better real fast. So what we need to do is reposition you as an expert in a different aspect of the business. And so we talked about it, and she became an expert in short sales. Okay, so if you don't know what a short sale is, that is where uh, the owner of a home sells a bank, uh, sells a home for less than they owe the bank. And of course, the bank has to approve it and everything. But banks, rather than taking a total loss and going into foreclosures, were doing a lot of short sales, as you may or may not know. So this client immediately revised her website. She started to do podcasts like this one and some even local radio shows. She started to write articles and blogs, and she started to speak at networking events and even at banks and and uh, other areas like that about short sales and what you need to know. She started going into communities and talking. And I'll tell you what, her business grew so fast and so furious that she could hardly keep up. She had to hire two more people 
And uh, she is just a thriving business today. And as the market is starting to straighten itself out to, to strike some balance again, you know, she's still got what she always had. She can still be a real estate attorney under, you know, more favorable circumstances. But either way, she survived uh, in a time when, when many other people in the industry were going bankrupt and losing homes for their own. So there's a good example of planning ahead and looking, looking down the pike for, for what may change in your industry. So when we come back, I've got probably, oh, I don't know, seven or eight more tips for you. And I'm excited to share those with you. And uh, we'll talk about what else you can do to really, really beat those odds right here on Million Dollar Mindset Radio. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Time and change are accelerating, making it increasingly difficult to gracefully go with the flow. Women Change the World presents conversations with featured guests about changes in their lives and how that change has created new and positive opportunities. Women Change the World with your host, Dr. Beth Golden, Thursdays at 7 p.m. Central here on toginet.com. We all know that change can knock you off course, and Dr. Beth's show and practices focus on revealing everything that's right with you. This information will help you make choices that align your true nature and set you along your path of least resistance. As Dr. Beth says, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. For more on Dr. Beth and her show, go to drbethgolden.com. That's drbethgolden.com. Women Change the World with your host, Dr. Beth Golden. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Central here on toginet.com. Are you stuck in a rut? Wondering if there's more than a 9 to 5? Do you ever yell out, is this all there is? Then join Alaska Coach Keith's radio show, where we'll focus on transition, career revitalization, and freedom. Keith will discuss tips and tricks for developing and living to our highest potential. It's time we dusted off our dreams and became alive with purpose. Keith will share lessons he's learned from a 20-year study of career engagement, motivation, and personal leadership. He'll interview experts and authors who know both struggle and triumph. You may even get a chance to bring your biggest challenge to the radio for an on-the-spot coaching with Keith. Join Alaska Coach Keith each week. Conceive. Believe. Achieve. Heard every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Central right here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. 
And we're here on Million Dollar Mindset Radio today talking about beating those odds. When you feel that the odds are piled against you, there are a number of reasons for that and a number of things that you can do to change it. Now, most of the clients who come to me and the entrepreneurs who I speak to who feel that way allow themselves to become really bogged down on a consistent day-to-day basis. Now, it may not seem possible to you to make sure you aren't bogged down in this way because that's what your business is to you right now, but it's important to create efficiencies and processes and systems that get and keep you out of that rut. You've got to get that entrepreneur's hat on and take the hat of an employee off. You didn't go into business to be an employee. You went into business to be an entrepreneur. So don't ever be afraid to take a step back to develop some processes, some things that you typically may see to might build up in the short term. But if you find solutions and work on a problem by building efficiencies into your business, you'll have the time to dedicate to other more critical initiatives like growing your business, right? Entrepreneurs get bogged down in the daily requirements of their businesses, often feel that there is not a solution. I've got a secret for you, folks. There are always solutions. There is no problem that exists that doesn't have at least one solution. And the real problem, the real, real problem is that you don't want to step back long enough to take the time to fix it because you don't believe you have the time. Stop. Fix it. Do it because you've got to execute a solution or this is going to keep happening to you over and over and over again. You may have a little bit of pain at first, okay, but If you're looking for long-term success, you have to get these processes written down and and solutions into place for the problems that you see. So I'm going to give you an example. One of of the areas that is just really frustrating for me in terms of uh, lack of process and documentation is in hiring, you know, seeking new talent and training. Too many entrepreneurs, this is the way I put it, too many entrepreneurs are being held hostage by ineffective employees. Too many entrepreneurs are out there saying to themselves, well, you know, at least she does part of the job or at least he's, you know, really good at this and I don't have the time to find somebody to to replace them. And and if I lose this person, then I'm losing someone with this, this particular skill or talent that's really, really critical. Or I might lose this one big account that they handle because they love him. I'll tell you what. That is being held hostage by your employees. One fatal mistake that far too many business owners make is to keep these problem employees on board until they become absolutely toxic for the company and they've done some pretty severe damage. Once that damage is done, then the employee usually walks or the entrepreneur finally sees the light and lets them go. But the reason they usually wait so long is usually because they're overwhelmed with the thought of finding and training a replacement. Okay. Now I've had a lot of clients say to me, well, 
our industry is very niche and it's just not easy to find somebody to, to, to fill these little areas or these important areas, these critical areas in my business. Well, if your industry is very niche, that's, that's probably good. You know, you should be doing very, very well. Um, and uh, I'll bet you that there are some pretty smart people out there that you can train. Or I'll bet you that there are people in different industries that do kind of similar work, different programs, different processes, but it's the same thought process and the same skill base that, uh, that they're using. So in essence, these hardworking entrepreneurs are losing money. And they, they are possibly losing respect from other employees and they are certainly losing a lot of time because they're putting out fires, okay? And, and most of them are, are just, I don't know, they're just kind of basking in the problem. They're, they're, they don't realize that this is the problem. Not letting go of the employee is the problem. And the constant stress of having a bad apple on board is overwhelming and taxing. And most often the entrepreneur doesn't even realize how overwhelming and taxing and exhausting it is until they're gone. I'll tell you, in, in all my years of coaching, when I have advised someone to, to find a replacement for an existing employee or whatever solution we come up with, but to have that employee leave, you know, they fight and struggle the whole way. They kick and scream the whole way down that path. But I have never, ever, ever, ever had one of those clients come back to me and say, man, I'm sorry I did that. That was a big mistake. Never. Okay. They always realize once that problem employee is gone, once that bad apple is gone, that they were taking on more work and they could pretty much do the job of the employee and have less stress. And I'm not advising you to do that, to, to, to take over the work of the employee, although you may have to temporarily do that. So there are several things that, that any business owner who has employees on board needs to do. To the best of the ability and this counts on, this depends on the size of your, your team and what kind of uh, business you're in. Cross train your employees and especially on the tough stuff, okay? If there's a system or process, at least make sure that you have one other employee who, who is familiar with it. They don't have to be a pro at it, but that they can step in in crunch time and, and help, Okay, so cross-train your staff to the best of your ability. Um, document the procedures uh, on the things that, that your employees do, okay? And constantly, have them constantly keep their eyes open for places and people, or you constantly keep your eyes open for places and people who are great resources who will help you find future employees, okay? So rather than, for instance, um, some, some entrepreneurs hire someone to network for the company and to go out on behalf of the company, okay, and to build the company that way. But what I usually see is that they're networking for a new job or they're networking for opportunities for themselves. They go out in earnest, I'm sure, most of the time, but I don't know how good employees are at growing the company for you via networking. 
If you get out of the rut that we talked about a little earlier, you could be the one out there networking. So make sure that that you are documenting procedures and that you are out there networking, always keeping an eye out for places, people, and resources where you can find a replacement employee when you need to grow or let go of an employee because they are out there. And then, of course, LinkedIn is a great resource, too. I think that networking on LinkedIn is is just as important, at least almost just as important. It can be very, very powerful. So document, document, document. Now, I, I said in there, and I didn't explain myself, you know, when I say document, it's easy enough to have the employees document their own procedures, right? And uh, you can go in and double check it and, and even have another employee run through it to see if they understand it. But when you have these training processes in place, it's not as difficult when you bring in a new employee. It's not uh, impossible to train them. And I have helped clients actually do videos, shoot videos and, and uh, do, oh, do screen grabs if it's a computer-based job. Uh, take some screen grab images. People learn from images. There are so many ways you can do it. You can record your screen using Camtasia or any of the other tools that are out there to do that so that you can record a process as you're doing it or have your employees do it. Have that in place and training won't be so daunting. Okay. The next thing to beat those odds is to get out of the habit of working day-to-day, month-to-month, or even year-to-year, okay? If you want to be a viable business, you cannot afford to think only short-term. And even just thinking about the year ahead is very short-term. Have a long-term strategy and vision and build contingencies for all of the what-ifs. Again, that takes us back to looking down the pike. See what's going on. What could affect your business or your industry, okay, or the economy? Dedicate money in your budget toward initiatives that will work toward long-term strategies and pay attention to the big picture. Don't get blindsided by by things that, that are unexpected, okay? Focus on your dream goal. Too many entrepreneurs lose this vision or they never even create it in the first place. That is very, very common. And it's not enough to say that you want your product in Walmart or you want to have a book of 150 customers. Think about what I call the vision beyond the vision. If you've ever listened to this show before, you've heard it. The vision beyond the vision. Who do you want to be in 10 years from now? or five, or whatever it takes. What will your company look like at its pinnacle of success? What is your exit strategy? Yep, you heard me right. It's time to build an exit strategy right at the beginning. Now, is it written in stone? No, but it says that you have an idea of how you're going to grow your business, which is so, so important because all of your decisions then are based on that vision. So if you don't have a vision, get a coach, you know where to find me, and we need to create one for you because that will help you to beat those odds. If you feel the odds are working against you, I can almost promise that you don't have a viable um, vision in place and you're not working toward that vision in a uh, methodical way. Very, very important. When we come back from this break, 
We're going to talk about what to do after you do have a setback because setbacks happen in business. That's just the way it is. So we're going to talk about what to do after you have a setback and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about risks. So I'll see you in a minute. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Secret Cuisines and Sacred Rituals is a quest, a place, and a feast. Join host Vilasi Venkatachalam every week to explore myths, mystique, old medicine, and brilliant modern solutions through a dazzling kaleidoscope of cuisines, cultures, and cures. This is the place where tribes gather, strangers and familiars, to be memory keepers and makers of our evolving, enduring, evergreen, spoken legacy of wisdom and ingenuity. In Velocity's words, when we do old things in new ways and new things in old ways, we paint with an inspired palette, weave our own healing traditions, and become our own guru. Velocity is a troubadour of secret cuisines and sacred rituals. She collects stories of wisdom, ingenuity, and grit. She believes wellness and transformation happen when you stand at the threshold of delight and discovery. She displays her hidden penchant for drama when she leads the safari at the supper club. Her favorite pastime is to extol the marvels of cuisines, cultures, and cures. To her audience in workplaces, seminars, and salons, her mantra is, be your own guru. She is a biochemist, botanist, and alchemist who likes to churn delightful, useful things from a brew of art and science, ancient and evolving, old medicine, and new cures. Join Velocity every Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Girlfriend It is on Toginet, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, with your hosts Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. This show is your chance to share, learn, laugh, and connect with other women. The Girlfriend It principle was born out of loss. Lisa had recently had her mother pass away from cancer, and my mom um, was murdered. A man just walking into a room and started a 23-second shooting spree. I think one of the things we both realized going through those tragedies is that you can be extremely okay and be extremely sad. Check out GirlfriendIt.com and then be a part of Girlfriend It, the radio show, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. You know, your boyfriend or, or your husband or whatever, they don't totally understand that emotional side to a woman like another woman does. And I think that's so important just to have somebody that you go, she gets me. Check out the website, girlfriendit.com. Don't miss Girlfriend It with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marlon Tabaka. When you feel like you're working against the odds, every time you have a setback, you might take that as sort of confirmation that you're working against the odds and that your goal or mission has to be hard. 
But that's not true. Setbacks happen. They happen for everyone. They happen in the most successful businesses. They happen. You can learn from your setbacks. And that's what a successful entrepreneur does. Okay, so always review the circumstances and look for lessons and make adjustments. Ask yourself and your team, if you have a team, a series of questions that will help you to gain to gain perspective, okay? Always learn from your failures and fail your way into success. That's what I like to tell people. Hey, if you're going to fail at at the little things, build something positive from those perceived failures and, uh, and fail your way all the way to success. You can ask questions like, what did we do right? You know, what are the things that, that we wouldn't change going into this set of circumstances again? What are the things that could have been done better? Okay. How could we have done it differently? After you identify those critical components, put the exercise away, learn from the experience, get over the challenge and move forward. So important that forward momentum, get back on that horse. Okay. That's what successful people do. And that's how they beat the odds. Now, it's not always easy to add more time that's dedicated to a setback after you've, you know, been sidetracked by it, okay? Um, you know, you have a setback, it takes away some time, now you feel like you're left behind. And the last thing that, that business owners want to do is now set aside more time to talk about the dang setback, okay? But it's important. This is a non-negotiable you have to do this. And even if it's just you, and even if let's say that you have just now, you know, you're listening to the million dollar mindset and you say, that's it. I'm going to go fire Henry because he is more work and he is causing more damage than he is good. And this is done. I'm going to do this. Don't just jump, just fire Henry and stop. Think about the questions that you could have asked Henry in the job interview. Think about the tests that you could have given him. Think about what you could have done differently to vet him out as a good employee or not. Think about some support that you could have offered to him. Think about what could have been done differently to prevent things from going awry. Okay, Perhaps you've lost a big account. Don't just take that at face value. Learn what you can do differently next time. And have an exit meeting with the departing client if you can. I know it takes a lot of courage to ask what what could have been improved upon and what, what perhaps you did wrong. But what you learn can save you a million times over in the future and make you a better leader. So have the courage to talk to clients who choose to leave. And have the courage to talk to your customers, whether it's in social media, whether it's picking up the phone, whatever it is. Ask where you can improve. Ask what they're looking for. Ask if you're serving them in the way that they they would like. Get out there and talk to them, whether they're leaving, whether they're staying, no matter what it is. Learn from your setbacks and prevent future setbacks. All right. So the next one is... Take calculated risks. The key word here being calculated risks. One of the best ways to demonstrate this, I think I think just about everyone who has an interest in business has, has at least watched Shark Tank once. Um, now, I, I, I think that there are uh, 
different ways to do business, but I love Shark Tank. I really do. And, and we can all learn a lot from it. And if you do watch it, you've probably noticed that those sharks don't take huge risks with their own money or their time. They don't. And that's why they're successful. They're always as confident as one can be in the world of business that they can help to make their new protégés very, very successful people and businesses. Okay? So always evaluate your decisions by looking at the cost versus the benefit. Make sure that your assumptions are grounded in reality and fact. Don't take your next steps because your mom or your spouse or your sister or your friend think that it's a great idea. Okay? That's just what you want to hear. So people who love you, they have to tell you that your ideas are great, right? And they want to believe that your ideas are great. And they'll believe in you. And they'll they'll take everything you say to heart because they are sort of like absorbing your passion. And they know it's important to you. And so they're not experts, okay? So always sit down and do do that cost versus benefit. Look at the things that can go wrong, how you can um, sort of like create a plan if something does go wrong and how you can circumvent the potential problems. Look at rewards and benefits. Surround yourself with the right people to get the job done. You have to plan ahead and keep your risks in check, mitigating them all along the way. Okay, Don't get paralyzed in the analysis though. Be decisive. Don't get into your head too much. You also have to feel, you know, follow your gut. That's important. Do these things and the probability of success go up dramatically. Your odds shift drastically if you do this. Very, very important piece of the pie here for you. Now, the next one is something that I consider one of my strongest qualities as a coach. I help people to learn to trust themselves, to know their values, and live in integrity with their values, and to apply a strong work ethic without running themselves down and depleting all of their energy. Okay, More than you realize is within your control when you believe in yourself and you work hard. Trust is a big factor in decision-making, okay? as is your willingness to take those calculated risks. And many of these risks that we're talking about are emotional risks. Sure, many are financial, but many are emotional. The fear of rejection is huge in entrepreneurs. And here's why. Because your business is your passion. And your passion is a part of what makes you who you are. Now, that doesn't mean you need to be defined by your business, but it's very, very personal. This goes, you know, think about, think about artists. Think about especially artists who, who paint or draw or create, you know, sculpture, 3D art, whatever. It's so hard for them to put a price tag on their art. And for many, how many artists do you know who don't even get out there in the way that they should because they're afraid of rejection because their art is a very part of who they are. Their creativity is what goes deepest in them. And so if somebody says, oh, that's pretty and then walks right past it, doesn't buy it, some artists 
who haven't grown in the way that's important to grow, to become an entrepreneur and make money at your craft, will take that very, very personally. So on some level, that's true for all entrepreneurs. So please be in tune with yourself and your values and let go of that fear of rejection and be willing to take those emotional risks. Now, it's also important to surround yourself with people who are smarter than you are and people who you can trust. Here's, here's a tip. Don't aim to be the smartest person in the room. You don't have to show anybody how smart you are. Instead, aim to be surrounded by smart people. That's what successful entrepreneurs do. Only people who are insecure try to outshine everyone else. Get your insecurities in check. Doubt is at the root of all failure. It really is. I have learned that in my personal and professional life, and I have learned that from from coaching to and speaking to thousands of entrepreneurs. Doubt is at the root of failure. And if you don't believe in yourself and get those little head gremlins under control, the odds will be against you. Now, if you don't know how to get those gremlins in control, contact me. You know how to do that. Marla at MarlaTabaka.com. So here's our next one, and we're going to be going into break soon, so we'll probably split this up into two. But this is very important. Do your very best. Now, you can't always do this in the very beginning. Um, Do your very, very best to create multiple revenue streams. Build strong revenue models, okay? Look at larger, more successful companies in your industry and evaluate how those organizations would succeed if and when anything changes in the economic environment. Evaluate what fuels their growth. Study their revenue models. And if you have a stable revenue model, improve upon it and build more like it. Okay, many marketing and PR agencies, pay-per-click agencies, coaches and consultants offer DIY products for people who perhaps can't afford their services. Do you know what often happens after somebody buys a DIY product? Yeah, they realize that they're not going to get the results they want and they come back and hire you to do it. They find the money. Believe me, people come to me for coaching And they say they don't have the money and then they come back and they say, I found the money. Products and free offerings help you to build relationships with your future companies. So don't be afraid to give information away. Be generous and in integrity with your offerings and the benefits are going to be many. So for product-based companies, think about strategic relationships and products that complement your existing line. These are just a few thoughts, but there are many, many ways to create multiple revenue streams, you know, that horizontal business model, that business model that, that reaches out and, uh, and builds with, with other like-kind businesses and, and other relationships. Take a look at that and build your business so there are multiple streams of revenue so you're not tied to that just one. Okay, we'll be back with some more tips here on The Million Dollar Mindset in just a minute. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. 
It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Get ready to live la bella vita with Dawn Catherine on Toginet.com. Live la bella vita. If you're wanting to know all the beauty tricks of the trade and the latest fashion trends before everyone else, this is your show. If you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, this is your show. Do you love wine and want to know more about the process it takes to make wine from the vine to the bottle? This is your show. Live la bella vita. For more on the show and your host, check out our website, labellavitacosmetico.com. This is the kind of show you can sink your teeth into. If you enjoy traveling and food and family, all with an Italian flair, then you can live La Bella Vita with your host, Dawn Catherine. Wednesday nights at midnight, 11 p.m. Central, on toginet.com. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marlon Tabaka. So we're looking at ways that you can beat the odds because so many entrepreneurs feel that they're in the game against the odds. Sure, you might go into business and and be very starry-eyed and think that it's going to be very, very easy. And then, you know, you hit a couple of bumps and uh, and you start to lose the faith. So we're talking about ways, things that successful entrepreneurs do and uh, and the fact that everybody hits bumps in the road, everybody has setbacks, everybody has challenges, everybody has failures. I've never once spoken to an entrepreneur, unless he's you know, 20, 20 years old and just starting out, who who hasn't had some significant failure. And who isn't dusted themselves off and just, you know, picked themselves up and, and gone at it again. Successful entrepreneurs do that. And I'd like to backtrack a little bit because I think this is so important. I'd like to talk about so many people just hire to hire. They want to work off their desk. They they find an employee they can afford. That's a big one. You know, the money is is what keeps many many small businesses from hiring the right person, and um, they don't do their due diligence in hiring employees. So when you bring someone in to interview, there's there are so many things you can do. First of all, if you're interviewing for a position that's going to get a lot of attention, and and oftentimes those positions are either the very high-paying ones or the entry-level positions. Um, interview your candidates in either in a group interview is very popular or a quick interview via the phone and be very clear about what you want to achieve on the phone. Don't just have everybody come in and interview face-to-face and don't spend you know 30 minutes or 40 minutes on the phone with every single candidate. Go ahead and vet your candidates by knowing what the most important things are that you need to know from them and by following your instincts, okay? And then you bring them in for that one-to-one interview. Make sure that you first thoroughly check their references and 
you know, really ask questions of those references that might be tricky. So, for instance, one of the things that I like to have people ask is, you know, Mary, you have been such a help telling me about Dan and and uh, how it was when he worked for you. And uh, I'm, I'm wondering if there's someone else at the company who worked directly with Dan or who was a direct supervisor of Dan or whatever you, you know, want to do whatever you want to achieve that I could speak to. You've been such a help. Who else can I talk to? A lot of times they will actually give you the name and the number of somebody else because they're so eager to help. Okay. You want to keep them up, keep them moving, show them how much you appreciate them. And they will usually give you that information. And, you know, references are are numbers of people who are going to say good things for the most part. So you want to get beyond that immediate reference. You want to find somebody else you can talk to that your uh, candidate didn't necessarily give you the name of. Perfectly legal, perfectly fine to do. Okay. Spend time getting to know your your most serious candidates on a more personal level. I spoke to one very, very successful entrepreneur once, and he said, when I'm hiring someone into my company, I get to know them. I might take them skiing. I might take their whole family out to dinner because a family is an important part of the, the person I'm hiring. I, you know, he named all these things he might do with these candidates and he gets to know them on a personal level and feels that knowing his family, the person's family, will tell him a lot about the candidate. But he said, but don't doubt me that I will fire that person in a heartbeat if they're not performing or if they make costly mistakes. He doesn't even give someone a second chance. That's how extreme this guy gets with his employees, even though he knows them on a personal level. Okay. A second chance with big things. Okay. I'm sure there are small things that aren't even brought to his attention because the supervisor handles it, but don't get so caught up in things like, Oh, you know, she's a single mom. If she loses her job, you know what? You cannot get caught up on those things. You have to just have faith that everybody walks their path and that, Really, if an employee is underperforming or actually doing damage to the company, it's they're not happy. And it's really in their best interest that they move on as well. Okay? You can also ask your team for input. When I owned my coffee house, I actually used to have my key employees interview prospective employees. And then I would sit down with them and interview them on what they learned. And, and what their feelings were, what their gut instinct told them, okay? So get input from, from team members who you trust and also have them do tests. You know, if you're hiring a writer, give them, uh, for instance, something you can do is, is give them a written document and time them and have them make corrections to the document, put mistakes in there in, intentionally. And that's a good thing to do even if you're not hiring a writer, but you're hiring someone who has to pay attention to detail. Have them make those corrections. Give them a topic and tell them to write 500 words on it. Um, you know, give people tests. And uh, if, if you're hiring somebody who's going to be handling accounts, give them a scenario that actually happened or something you're actually experiencing and say, okay, what would you do first? How would you handle this? And what would the process be that, that uh, you would use to, to deal with this? 
uh, I was reading something the other day, I believe. Yeah, that's where I got this one from. This guy, you know, he was the head of a manufacturing plant, and he didn't do his interviews in the office. Never. He took the person on a tour of the plant and then took them to the department that they'd be managing or working in, and he'd point out a problem. And he'd say, look at this, production is slow. What would you do to speed it up? Put your candidates on the spot, okay? Learn about them. Put some pressure in those interviews, and you'll see how they perform under pressure. Our final one is a biggie, and it may or may not apply to you. A lot of people this doesn't apply to, but the ones that do this, oh, boy, it, it's a problem. Do your due diligence. Be really, really cautious before you take on a partner. Even if you are a startup and you feel you need a partner, really, really do some homework. Because here's the thing. People who are in business already often bring on partners because they don't trust themselves to do it on their own. That's the truth. They're tired of being alone. Being an entrepreneur can be a very, very, very lonely place, okay? So they, they crave that camaraderie. They crave someone else to make some of the decisions. They're tired of having it all on their plate. Well, good employees can often achieve the same thing for you, okay? Once you bring in a partner, it's like a marriage, and it's, it's as messy as a marriage, if, if not even messier, to, to take apart when it doesn't work, Okay, it's really hard to undo. Protect yourself legally. Oh my gosh, I've spoken to so many people who have 50-50 partnerships and um, it's just, it's a handshake and they don't have, they don't have great contracts in place with caveats to, to get themselves out of it. Never give too much away if you're bringing someone on board in your company. Okay, you know, think about, how you can grow their uh, vested interest in the company. For instance, if you're giving away equity, and let's say you're giving away 10% equity, whatever, I'm making that up. Don't give it to them all at once. Have them, you know, vest in slowly. Don't just say, here you go, here's 10% equity, come on board. Okay, there are lots of different ways to, to organize a partnership uh, deal. Make sure that you consult with other entrepreneurs who have done it very successfully and with uh, a legal, someone in the legal field. Also, be very, very cautious, and I would say even leery, of creating partnerships with friends and family, okay, because they don't often work really well. Only introduce a partner into the picture if you have to, and never conduct business on a handshake, you know what? Avoid that ambiguity in the business relationships because it will only cause conflicts down the road. So make sure that all the questions, the hard questions are asked and answered. Sit down and talk about all of the things that could go wrong. Just like we talked about at the top of the show, you know, look down the pike for the things that could go wrong and talk openly about those. Okay. And just Really think about whether you need a partner or you need an employee because truly an employee can usually handle most of what you bring a partner on for. If you're looking at a partner, you want to make sure that they have relationships that you can't even buy. You want to make sure that they have 
skill sets and that they are different than you are and that they can see the big picture and you know think about think about the two of you and actually create job descriptions for yourselves and they can't be exactly alike okay because then you're going to go fighting and screaming over who does what, <laughs> okay? So really, really think twice be- before you take on a partner. I've seen it work, but I've seen it fail far more often than I've seen it work, very, very honestly. So all in all, yeah, starting a business is a scary thing. It takes a lot of faith in yourself to do it. And I see too many people questioning their abilities you know, people who say things to themselves like, well, I didn't even finish college or I don't feel smart enough or I fail too often or my dad said I'd never be able to do this, okay? But none of that really matters, none of it. If you come up with an idea that you find value in and that you can take to market, believe in yourself to do it. Just do it. Believe in yourself. There are so many things that people will spend money on. Remember that just because you have experienced um, disadvantages, you feel you're working against the odds, or you even have a disability, it doesn't mean that you can't get past all that. It doesn't matter where you come from or whether or not you finish school. Just as long as you can believe in yourself and are willing to put in the necessary time and effort to succeed. And I do not say this because I'm a coach. I say this because I have coaches and because I have seen, met so many successful people who have coaches. One of the best support mechanisms that you can spend money on is a coach. Whether it's me or someone else, successful people have coaches. Always. Coaches and mentors. So think about that. And I hope today's show, this information has been very helpful for you today. Also, make sure and head, and head on over to Inc.com, Inc.com. And check out my latest article, How to Get from Bootstrapped to Funded. Okay, how to get people to invest in you. And that's at inc.com slash author slash Marla hyphen Tabaka. And you will find me at Marla Tabaka, T-A-B-A-K-A dot com. I love hearing from you. And I hope that you have a fabulous, fabulous remainder of the week and that This has given you some food for thought. You can do it. You can succeed no matter what you think the odds are. Carla Tabaka, thank you so much for joining me on Million Dollar Mindset Radio. Thank you for being a part of the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka on Toginet. If you've always known there was more out there for you, but you just weren't sure how to 